0: Welcome to another episode of Visitors Bullpen. I'm Matt Wyark alongside Kevin Haswell. Kevin, playoffs right around the corner. We have them starting literally on Tuesday next week. We
1: have the AL wildcard game, which we have just figured out is going to be Yankees-Twins. So how are you feeling about playoffs, man? I'm excited. Cubs National Series definitely gets me excited. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup, like the pitching matchups we'll see um, between you know Jake Arrieta and it looks like Max Scherzer in Game 1. So, uh, playoffs. Best time of the year, it is. You know, we were just talking before the show about how there's that lull uh,
0: at the end of the season. NFL's starting. We've got a ton of NBA stuff going around right now Definitely. with the whole D Wade situation. Carmelo, yeah, Kyrie happening a few weeks ago. I mean, that's kind of dominated headlines lately. Even though MLB's been, you know, down the stretch run, but now we've got playoff spots clinched um, almost entirely. Uh, know our playoff picture. So we're here today since our next episode won't be until Thursday when the wildcard games are to be in the books. We're going to preview what those will look like and our picks for the first round uh, and we'll get back to you next week with an update on everything and uh, looking forward after that. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the American League which we just found out is going to be, as I said, the Yankees and the Twins. Twins, a surprise team, the first team in LB history to yeah. lose 100 games and then make the playoffs the next year. Lost 103 last year, sold at the deadline, actually traded Aimee Garcia to uh, the Yankees, who will now be playing against him. Uh, so looks like it's going to be Luis Severino and Irvin Santana pitching in that game.
1: Kevin, what's your pick? I got the Yankees. I think they're a better lineup. They got the better pitcher on the mound. Um, and when it, when you go into the playoffs, it's always about, especially in the wild card game, in a one-game series, you uh, a one-game battle to get get to the NLD or ALDS, it's more about the pitcher. So I'm going to go with the Yankees. I like Luis Severino. Uh, he's pitched out of his mind this year. So, yeah, I got the Yankees over the Twins.
0: Yeah, I mean, Yankees certainly have the better-looking team. They have you know, the baby bombers who made all the headlines this year. But I think the Twins are pretty underrated. I wouldn't count them out. They are definitely the worst team that's in the playoffs this year. I won't I won't dispute that. I don't know. The Rockies are playing pretty bad right now. They are. But at the same time, I mean, they only not even have a spot locked up, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think, personally, the Twins are the worst team. After Evan Santana, there's nothing really impressive about that pitching staff. I mean, they still have Bartolo Colon on that team. <laughs> um, surprisingly
1: enough, he's like 80 years old at this point. I know.
0: But uh, Kyle Gibson... 502 ERA, Jose Barrios 3.93, not too
1: bad, but he's only pitched 144 innings this year. Um, he's been he's been great. He's definitely one of those guys that they weren't sure what they're quite going to get, um, top prospect, and he he's pitched terrifically, 3.93, like you said, 144 innings. So yeah, only 23 years old, so they've got a ton coming from him. Yep, um, 13 I mean, wins still. That's nice. I know you're not a big fan of wins, but. No.
0: (laughs) 13 wins. I'll take 13 wins any day, and, I mean, that's second most in the team. So definitely, I guess, a suitable – I would say right now he profiles as number three, number four starter. So the fact that he's the number two on their team is a little concerning. Um, But that offense, they've got some big names in there, Uh, notably Joe Maurer, who – former MVP, not the same player, but he did hit three hundred five this year, which not a lot of people are talking about. He's played 140 games, and he's hitting three hundred five. So he's actually had a a resurgence – um, after a few down years in the previous years. And, of course, there's Brian Dozier, who's actually had a bit of a down year by his standards. Um, guys like Byron Buxton, young player coming up, done really well. Max Kepler, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and Miguel Sano, who is a big headline. He's injured right now and won't
1: be available for the wild card game. But is they're hoping for the ALDS. That's and huge. The- That's huge for that wildcard game. If he's not able to play, um, big bad in the middle of the lineup, not there. It's going to be tough for the Twins to win that game without Miguel Sano.
0: At the same time, though, the Yankees aren't that impressive in terms of pitching either. Uh, they'll be sending Luis Severino. I, I have a feeling at the time when they traded for Sonny Gray, they were hoping he would be you know, that difference maker for them, In which he, he's been a pretty good pitcher, 3-1-2 ERA in 60 innings this year, 57 strikeouts. But at the same time, Severino's been that guy all year. The numbers are comparable enough where it would almost be insulting at this yeah. point to not hand the ball to Severino. <clears throat> excuse me, so, it's probably going to be him, he's inexperienced, I mean, only 23 years old, so, gets Santana, who's been around, and um, has had a pretty solid year this year, a pretty good year last year as well, or, sorry, two years ago, whenever mm-hmm. that last year was, in last few years, he's, he's been Struggled more a little than serviceable, last year, world. yeah, he's been more than serviceable, um, the past few years, but, overall, Santana has that edge, in terms of postseason experience, veteran experience in general, and that's where I think,
1: the Twins hold the biggest edge is in that pitching matchup. I think Severino. But, but we gotta talk about the bullpen as well. I think the Yankees definitely have the advantage there. So late in the game, uh, close game, the Yankees definitely have the edge. You know, the Twins uh, earlier in the season traded away Brandon Kinsler to the Nationals. Uh, That's kind of a questionable move, mm-hmm. but now they need him. So yeah. we'll we'll see. I mean, if this is a close game, the Yankees definitely have the edge in the bullpen. Yeah, they do. There have we talked on the show before about some
0: noticeable struggles they've had. Chapman and Betansis are yeah. two big ones that they weren't sure about. Adam Warren's on the DL. Mm-hmm. Um so there's gonna be a lot of reliance on uh, David Robertson who's been outstanding for them. A one oh nine ERA in thirty-three innings, um absolutely a stud. Um Tommy Malone or Tommy Conley, sorry, two three six ERA. So I think with but I mean you don't count out Chapman and Botancus even with their struggles with the pedigree that they have. You yeah. kind of give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be
1: okay. That's that's a pretty dominant top 4. And Chapman's been a dude in the playoffs that, you know, he comes in with an amped up situation. You're not you're not hitting the ball. He's throwing 103-104 right on the paint. So. Mm-hmm. Cubs rode into the playoffs to the World Series yeah, last year. Exactly. There's he no pitched doubt well about it. very well in the playoffs last year, so.
0: No. They're they're in good hands, I think in the later innings. Kinsler losing Kinsler definitely hurts for the Twins, but um, overall, I think that it's it's really going to come down to these starting pitchers and who, you know, can go later into the game because there's always a quick hook in the playoffs of who, um, you know, if a starter comes in and gives up three runs in the first inning, he's probably not going to last long after that yeah. because, you know, everyone counts, especially in an elimina- elimination game like this is. Uh, I'd expect both managers to be playing, you know, this is situation we're in. Have somebody ready just in
1: case mm-hmm. um, and go from there. Yeah, so definitely a, a good one, but we got to head over to the other side. Other wild card game, uh, Diamondbacks, Rockies. Matt, who do you got? <coughs> we talked about this before. Um, I am very
0: big on the D-backs. So I think that by slating them... Um, against a struggling Rockies team, as you mentioned. They're, they're going to walk all over them. Zach Greinke going against anyone that pitching staff. I mean, not to say that they've been a bad rotation by any means. Colorado's been all right for being a Colorado team, but none of their starters really jump off the page. You don't even really know. Who would start for them this point? This point, maybe John Gray, three six seven ERA. He's kind of like the face of that rotation. Um, but Kyle Kyle Freeland is also an option. I would go with Kyle Freeland or Tyler course. Chatwood as well. I think I think they go with John Gray ultimately. Just one name value. Um, he's be, uh, been like their most highly rated guy before. He's had the highest ceiling. I He's out of the everybody.
1: only only pitcher in the rotation to
0: have a ERA below four. That's right. So. Overall, I think their bullpen can help save them. I mean, they've got Greg Holland and Jake McGee and Adam, well, not Anavino, but uh, Mike Dunn, three uh, good guys at the end back end there. But overall, it's going to be a story of these two offenses, I got think. Uh, Zach Granke will probably be taking the mound for uh, Arizona, and I wouldn't doubt that he can give them at least five innings of six innings to run ball. Um, so it depends on if...
1: Paul Goldschmidt, Jake Lamb, mm-hmm. Chris Owings can you know put mm-hmm. together JD Martinez definitely is a huge advantage for the Diamondbacks to play this game at home because mm-hmm. going on the road to Colorado would probably be a really tough game for them. Um, but yeah, I like you, you said they're going with Zach Greinke. That's going to be the guy. I'm surprised. So. I'm surprised they wouldn't go with Robbie Ray. I like the way Robbie Ray's pitching. But then again, if they win that game, I would be confident with throwing Robbie Ray in, in the first game in the NLC, or NLDS. So, exactly. I mean, um, in a winner-take-all. Take all. I mean, it's kind Greinke, of a win-win
0: situation. You know, Granky probably is going to finish top five Cy Young this year. He's had a pretty underrated season. He's returned to Granky levels. Yeah, definitely. Um, so He's definitely is his ERA isn't where, is, isn't where you would think you'd like it to be, but at the same time you know, ERA isn't the defining stat of a pitcher anymore. And Greinke racks up the strikeouts. He gives you a lot of innings. I wouldn't be worried at all by sending him to the hill over Robbie Ray or Zach Godley.
1: Yeah, I definitely I definitely think the Diamondbacks win this game. Um, that's who I have picked mm-hmm. to move on and play the Dodgers. And I think they're, like we're going to talk about this later, I think they're the most equipped between the two teams to, to beat the Dodgers in the NLDS. So, um, yeah, it, it's good to see. I mean, definitely... Think about a Robbie Ray Clayton Kershaw matchup in Game One. That'd be pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. two two left-handed, two talented left-handers. So
0: and then you'll get Zach Godley and Yu Darvish in Game Two. Probably get Greinke in there in Game Three. Um, That's a pretty against Alex Wood. So that would be a pretty insane top three uh, pitching matchups for sure. Which every game will go to Game Three. So you know you're not losing a start by Greinke by starting in the Wild Card game. So I would definitely put him in there. Um, if I were the manager, which I haven't seen a report either way, but that's my speculation is of what they'll do.
1: So let's move on to the AL and NLDS games. Yeah, um, we'll do two two and three seeds. Well, yeah. right now, okay, Indians hold a one game lead over the Astros
0: for that top seed. Um, so we're which, just going to
1: assume where they are right yeah,
0: now is how they finish. Exactly. Also the. Astros are going to close out the season against the Red Sox, while the Indians are playing the White Sox to close out the year. So, quite you'd the advantage think, for the Indians. Exactly. You'd think that the Indians hold the edge there. Um, so we're going to go ahead and stick with that. The Indians will be the one seed, which sets up a pretty great matchup of the Red Sox and Astros. Two extremely different teams. Yeah. Um, Astros defined by Chris Sale this year. He's been there the at Red Sox. Or sorry, yes, the Red Sox defined by Chris Sale. I was um, going to say put Chris Sale in the Astros. Jeez, <laughs> that would be an insane team. But, yeah, Astros have struggled with starting pitching, while well, that's kind of been the backbone of the uh, Red Sox success this year, especially with Chris Sale. Their offense is a light-hitting squad. Uh, they don't have very many power hitters. Um, Mookie Betts kind of leads the way there, but they've got Andrew Benatendi, Rafael Devers, and a few other uh, Dustin Pedroia's back. They've got a lot of. Big names on that squad. What's a pitching matchup looking like? Chris Sale versus who the Astros are probably going to throw out there. Oh, I would probably. They have to go with Verlander, right? Over Keuchel? I mean, has Keuchel struggled? I don't know if he's still struggling right now. Um, but I would think that
1: Verlander has it, that for, for me, it really has a lot of weight on who's starting from the, for the Astros. Because Chris Sale is going to shut down that. Like, I think. All right, so we'll just jump into the predictions while we're at it. So. <laughs> I I got the Red Sox. Um, I think the Red Sox win this series. I think actually I think all the series go five games. I'll say that up front. Mm -hmm. So I think the Red Sox win this in five. Um, I think it will come down to a Chris Sale uh, win to win the series um, in game five if they have a four-man rotation. I'm not sure if they'll go three or four. Um, But I think it comes down to a Chris Sale winning two games in this series, and I think he's able to do that. And I think after last year – uh, losing to the Indians was kind of heartbreaking for them. They were the overwhelming favorite in the American League, I think, to really go the World Series. So, I think they revenge that and, and they take down the Astros. And I just don't think the Astros have a playoff caliber roster. I think they're they're still kind of young, inexperienced playoff in the playoffs. So, yeah, I got the Red Sox in five. I think... We've talked before on the show about how the Astros
0: rotation wasn't built for the playoffs. And when they went and got Verlander, that absolutely made a huge difference. It, That's once helped. That, helped. He, that he's Right now, he's 5 0 with a 106 ERA since joining the Astros. That's ridiculous. He's been absolutely phenomenal for them. But I think the biggest thing here to look at is the back end of that Astros rotation. You know, you've got Keichel and Verlander, whoever they're going to go with, one or two. That's going to give them at least an even matchup with the Red Sox, whoever they're facing. Now you get to that back end, and it, there's a lot murkier. You've got Charlie Morton with the three six three ERA, Lance McCullers, 4.01, Brad, Brad Peacock. Peacock, 298, and Colin McHugh, 345. So honestly, I have no idea who they're going to go with for those two spots. You'd think McCullers, because of how good he was in the first half, but he actually has some of the not worse numbers out of that, but he is a decent strikeout guy. So we'll see who they go with. But I think the biggest key here is can the Red Sox take advantage of the back end of that Astros rotation, and that's where I think there's an issue. I don't think the Red Sox have a big enough offense where it's going to make a huge difference. I think that you know if they were playing a team like the Indians, mm-hmm. uh, that would be big, that would be huge because the Indians are such an elite offensive team. If they were playing the Astros themselves. Astros are such an elite offensive team, but I don't think the Red Sox are equipped enough to take advantage of that back end, and especially, I think, you know, those first two games are, are toss-ups. You go one and one in those first two games, and later on, while the Red Sox may hold the edge pitching-wise, the Astros have the offense to make up for it. This is one of the best offenses in baseball, if not the best, especially with Perea healthy, with Altuve right in the center, um, George Springer, who's massively underrated, all those guys. I think... The Astros offense is enough to outpower
1: the Red Sox, and they get through in four games to the ALCS. So, disagreement on this show once again. Got <laughs> the Astros got the Red Sox. Uh, we'll head down to the, or we'll head over to the other side, 3 uh, 2. I know this is a highly anticipated series between us, mm-hmm. uh, Cubs, Nationals. I'm an honorary Cubs fan for the playoffs <laughs> because any team that's playing the Nationals is my favorite team. Um, so yeah. I was just talking
0: to a Pirates fan that says he's an honorary
1: Nats fan. So
0: um, I mean, not a Cubs, a Pirates fan. Yeah, so that's because he hates the Cubs. So yeah. you know, take what you can get. But I will say, I think the Nats win in four as well, um, and it's not just bias. I mean, the Cubs are a good team; they've been great in the second half. They've been one of the, actually the better teams in the second half, but actually the Nats have played almost just as well. Well, I think the Cubs have, what well, last time I saw Cubs have the best second half record in baseball, Nats are up there at third. They have not fallen behind, and they've had more injuries. They had to deal with Bryce Harper, without Bryce Harper for a month. Definitely. Uh, which was huge, and they scored less runs per game, but now he's back. He's got a five-game stint to you know get, health, get going again before um, getting back in the playoffs. But I think... This matchup, like you said, Max Scherzer versus Jake Arrieta is going to be great. But just looking at these pitching matchups, as I've mentioned many times on the show, I mean, Lackey doesn't jump off the page, 4-5-6 ERA. lester has been almost as bad. Um, Kyle Hendricks has been a very good pitcher, and I think, honestly, he should be up there for in the conversation for that number one spot. But, honestly, the only two guys that jump off the page are Hendricks and Arrieta. Um, Quintana has been pretty good as well. So you'd like to think that Lester is going to be... That four-starter, four Lackey, will be in the bullpen. So if I, ha- if I were Joe Madden, I would go with probably Hendricks, Arrieta, Quintana, Lester. No, now, with Lester's playoff pedigree, they might move him up. But those are probably going to be the four. But against guys, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, and Tanner Roark. Roark actually just blew up uh, for six or seven runs the other day. So that was a little concerning. But over on the second half, he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball. The other three are Cy Young candidates. I think the Nets definitely hold the edge in terms of pitching.
1: Yeah, I mean, it will be a good series, no doubt. Um, I think you're you're forgetting how John Lester pitches in the playoffs. He's He's been terrific. Um, I think they pitch him game two or game three, uh, and I think he goes out there, and I, I think he gets a win. Uh, in the past, he's pitched very well in the playoffs. You also, like you just mentioned, Lackey might not be in the playoff rotation, but the playoff pedigree there, he's been there, done that. Uh, definitely a gamer in the playoffs. Arietta now has some experience under his belt winning the World Series last year, pitching in the playoffs. Hendricks, same. And Quintana is kind of the question mark. He's pitched very well for them since the trade, but has not pitched in the playoffs before being with the White Sox. Um, so the series will line up to be a great one. I know I've been anticipating it for a while. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I personally am going with the Cubs in five games. Like I said, every series is going five games. Um, and that's a guarantee. So, yep, Cubs in five. And I think game five starter is going to be that uh, He goes out there
0: and get the win. I'm going to just say this. I think the Nats are massively underrated right now solely because they're not, you know, at the level of wins that the Dodgers are at right now. And that kind of hurts them in terms of like world, uh, Vegas odds and stuff like that. But this team has not played a single game when healthy until Tuesday when Bryce Harper was activated off the DL. And when I mean healthy... I mean, having all eight starters, which they haven't had Adam Eaton all year. So I'm talking about Michael Taylor in place of him and their top four starters. They have not had one spot until Tuesday all year with all of them together. Now, every single player is healthy. The biggest question is honestly, to me, does Jason Worth start since he got activated off the DL uh, August 28th, he has a 130 batting average in 19 games. He got he is, booed in Philly last night. Well, he's always booed <laughs> in Philly, um, <laughs> which I don't understand that at all. He helped him get a World Series. But he left I think a division. I, the yeah. thing is, is Dusty Baker has a reputation of favoring veterans, and I'm afraid that he's going to start worth over Howie Kendrick, which Hendrick is a veteran, but he hasn't been around I as would, long as... I would start Howie Kendrick. I would think. start him in a heartbeat. Yeah. But an outfield of Howie Kendrick, Michael Taylor, and Bryce Harper is elite, um, especially defensively. Uh, Kendrick grades about average, while Michael Taylor is actually one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. Um, He hasn't played as many games, so that's why his DRS is not as high. But he's up there. And Bryce Harper leads the league in assists or is at least top three. So that is an elite outfield. You've got Trey Turner leading off that lineup, which is a spark plug. He has 44 stolen bases Mm -hmm. this year. So, if I think if you go Trey, Bryce Harper second, Anthony Rendon third, Daniel Murphy fourth, Ryan Zimmerman fifth, and so on, that top five, you can't, or yeah, that top five is the best in baseball. I don't think there's any comparison. Um, Astros are up there as well, but they aren't as deep. I think they have a few uh, more stars at that elite level, Carlos Correa um, and. Jose Altuve is probably the best one-two punch in baseball, in my opinion. But in terms of a top five, I would have to go with Nationals. You don't think the Dodgers
1: can contend with that top five?
0: I think they can, but at the same time, um, not as deep. What I think about the Dodgers lineup, I mean, you've got you know guys Bellinger, okay, Corey Seager, Justin Turner; those are three guys. You know that that solid three, absolutely up there for one of the best trios. But Chris Taylor. He's been good. He isn't I don't think he's like Ryan Zimmerman level if that's who we're going comparison to. So say we've got top three of Bellinger, Seeger, and Turner, then we've got the Nats top three of Harper, Rendon, and Murphy. So then you look very at those other two uh, others two guys is Trey Turner and Ryan Zimmerman versus uh, Chris Taylor and yes, mine. Yeah, Yasmani I Grandal. And that, I think that's the biggest difference there is those other two versus those two. So that's why I think the Nats have the deepest lineup, maybe not the best in terms of like star power. Yeah. like Bellinger has probably had a better season than Harper this year, maybe just because of the injury. But overall, I would say Bellinger is up there for the Cy Young. I mean, I'm sorry, the MVP, right around the same spot where Harper is. And after that, Corey Seager, about the same kind of season as Anthony Rendon and uh, Justin Turner... I think he's actually been a little bit better than
1: Daniel Murphy. So you look at those three, absolutely comparable. But after that, there's a bit of a drop-off. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs lineup has really turned it around, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at you look down these OPS lines, uh, 852. Wilson Contreras has been amazing this year as mm-hmm. their catcher. Uh, 21 home runs, 74 RBIs, almost a 500 slugging. Chris Bryant, I don't know why people aren't talking about him. Uh, his OPS is actually higher by 10 points than last year. So he's arguably just as good or better than last year. I know you said earlier, defensively, he hasn't been the same, but still there with the OPS. And, you know, you add 30 RBIs to that line he's at right now, 30 and 100 with a 950 OPS, he'd be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Just he's not getting the opportunities to drive runs drive runs in. Um, and then you look at it. I mean, a lot of these guys are just having great years. So <coughs> uh, I think the Cubs are up there too. Javi Baez, another great year. So, um, yeah, I, I mean... We'll get back to our picks because we kind of gotten off track with lineups, but mm-hmm. uh, the Cubs are definitely a team to be scared of coming in these playoffs with how hot their hitters are uh, hitting and their pitchers, you know, really coming around now. Mm-hmm. So your pick is Cubs and five.
0: Well, I say Nats and four. Once again, disagreeing. Um, but going back to the ones versus the wild cards, we'll go back to the American League: Indians versus. We both agree the Yankees, Yankees are going to be moving on. Um, like I said, there. I think the Twins do stand a chance, and a lot of people are counting them out just because it's the Yankees, but at the same time, we're still talking about one of the better lineups in the American League, Aaron Judge, who's been an absolute monster the last month or so. Definitely. Um,
1: He's turned it around.
0: And Gary Sanchez, who's actually been almost as good. Uh, th- that's one of the better two one-two pun- one, punches in the American League as well. So now we've got Yankees and Indians, which I think the Yankees can give them a run, however... The Indians just look like such a complete roster. I mean, that lineup is ridiculous with Francisco Lindor leading the way for them. Plus, you have a pitching staff of Corey Kluber, who I think is going to win the Cy Young. Should um, definitely win deep. the Cy Young. And you look at the bullpen, led by Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. There just aren't many holes on this team. So it's kind of hard to pick against them. Um, and I honestly think that they sweep. I would say Indians in three
1: you think the Indians sweep in three. Yes. So you're saying, well, that, that game one matchup is not going to be – that really hurts the Yankees. They're not going to be able to pitch Severino They'll against They'll have Sonny Kluber. Gray against Kluber. Son, Sonny Gray against Kluber, which is a huge downgrade from Severino to, to Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going the same way. I'm going Indians, but I'm going Indians at five. Uh, like I said, I'll repeat it every time <laughs> we make a pick. I got every game, every series going five. Um, I just think the Yankees lineup has been hitting really well lately, and you know that's part of the reason that they're contending with the Red Sox for, to get that one spot where they three games back coming into today. So they still have a chance of winning the AL East and not even being in that wild card game, um, and maybe flip flopping with the Red Sox for the Astros series, but uh, kind of a long shot. So they'll probably be in this series. And I, I their lineup. You I mean you look you look up and down. Gary Sanchez, thirty three home runs this year. Uh, Judge now fifty home runs. Uh, OPS of. Uh, OPS plus of 168 plus they are 168. Um, and then you look one, two, three, four, five, six, <coughs> seven guys potentially with an OPS plus over 100. That's that's I've looked through a lot of stats today through teams, and I don't think there's another team in baseball with with seven guys potentially in their lineup that have an OPS plus over 100. So, um, I think I think purely off that, I think the Yankees can steal two games in this series, but Indians in five. Yep, the
0: Indians actually have six players with an OPS plus over a hundred. Um, and from Carlos Santana, Francisco Lindor,
1: Jose Ramirez, you should absolutely be in the well, MVP conversation. You can say already. You can say seven with the Indians if you count Austin Jackson. That's true. Who so, and I counted Aaron Hicks, bit. which was the number ten on this order. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I think that
0: we've got two very comparable lineups here. Um, while the Yankees certainly rely more on the home run. The Indians are more of a run production team. How they do have some home run hitters. And Nacion is 38, uh, Lindor 33, Ramirez 29, Santana 23. But um, with Red Sox, the Yankees it's certainly the homers, small ball a little bit more. So for the Indians, I think really that biggest conversation we need to have is with the because we talked about the bullpens. Yeah. Both bullpens are absolutely fantastic, and that especially the back ends. And that's going to, be, it's going to be interesting to see a as Chapman used versus Andrew Miller's usage. Yeah. Um, that's going to play a big role. But I think the biggest thing to look at is this rotation. Like we said, Severino will be knocked out for the first game. He'll be there game three. So that means game one, Sonny Gray versus Corey Kluber. Obviously, the edge has to go to Kluber there. Then you've got uh, Jordan Montgomery or CeCe Spathia. I have a feeling they'll go with CC just because of his pedigree. Ooh. So you've got CC
1: versus Carrasco. But a Trevor Bauer... Uh, a Trevor Bauer, Luis Severino game three. You think you think the don't mean? sleep. I think Severino holds the edge there. Yeah, but That'd don't sleep it. on Trevor Bauer. See, that I, is I just That's the, the only reason I would disagree with you on a sweep because I think there's the potential with how Severino falls in the matchups mm-hmm. for the Yankees to win a game, and I think they're going to win two just because game four starters. If, if the be
0: Yankee, if they sneak a game, I can see them taking that, but I can't see them going past four because Although, you know they, who's going to be starting that fourth game is going to be Jordan Montgomery. Uh, against Mike Clevenger. Who, against Mike Clevenger, who's been absolutely fantastic this year. And I, I can't see Clevenger, uh, I can't see Montgomery getting them passed. No. I mean, I think the bullpen is going to be taxed as well. Because somebody in either CC Montgomery, or um, Tanaka is oh, going to be in the bullpen. But CC and Montgomery, one of the two is probably not going to go deep in the game. Something's going to happen. The Indians lineup is, is good enough. They're going to sneak a few runs across the board against at least one of the two. And I can't see, you know, the bullpen's going to be taxed to the point where it's going to hurt them down the line. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe you know what, I'll change it. I think they uh, that the Yankees sneak a game. But fallen four, so I don't think they're going to be able to push it to five games. The Indians are just too good a team. I mean, the anticipated matchup is is Astros versus Indians and in the a l c s and I think that's
1: where we're all headed right now. But, well, how great would a Red sox? My prediction, the Red Sox Indians matchup rematch from last year with the uh, Indians swept the red sox that'd be that'd be great too. so I mean, you can't lose in the playoffs can't lose this is true. We'll
0: see what happens. The Indians are trying to pick a, take a page out of the Royals' book and, um, you know, no World Series hangover for them, come back and win it again, or win it the next year um, after falling the year before. But once again, we are disagreeing on picks. Um, same picks, different amount of games. Um, and that brings us to Dodgers versus D-backs. So at least we both agree on the wild card yep. games that um, the top seeds are going to be taking those games. <coughs> but... For the NLDS between the Dodgers and the D-backs, that is where we have a very big disagreement. Yep. You want to start with yours? I am picking the Diamondbacks in five. Um, I'm going with Diamondbacks because of that rotation. I think Zach Godley is insanely underrated. I've been saying it all year. Robbie Ray is a number one starter right now, and he's not getting the respect he deserves. Zach Granke is a Cy Young candidate. I think those three make up one of the better... Um, top threes in baseball and
1: uh it's funny know, that him. you argue and Patrick Corbin too right, that's so, a, that's a great rotation so I can't let him continue because that is just ridiculous the Dodgers are winning this series in five and you just talked about how the Diamondbacks are winning the series because of their rotation but the rotation they're going against is even better than the Diamondbacks rotation I would not playing Kershaw that. which I want to state this fact today um Clayton Kershaw, if he gives up less than six earned in his last start of the season, then it will be nine consecutive seasons he lowers his career ERA. And this year he lowered it from 2.37 to 2.35. I think that's quite the stat. Uh, Definitely wanted to give him a little bit of applause there. But looking at their rotation, uh, Kershaw with a 2.21 ERA. Alex Wood, 2.72. Rich Hill, 3.32. There's your top three right there. And then... You know, Yu Darvish hasn't pitched as well um, since he came over a 3.44 ERA, which so, is better than when he was on the Rangers. So better than when he was on the Rangers, but still, look at that that top four. I would take over the Diamondbacks in a heartbeat. There's not there's there's no question there. I think you're letting the names get ahead of the actual. Talent. I just stated facts. I didn't talk about names. I, okay, I said Robbie no Ray, two
0: eight six Zach Greinke three one eight. But we just talked about how ERA wasn't as representative. He's a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Zach Godley, three four zero, and Patrick Corbin rounding out that top four. Not obviously, there's a bit of a drop off there. They might even go with Taiwan Walker, who has a 3-5-4 ERA this year. So those are comparable numbers, and I think that with the struggles that the Dodgers have had down the down the stretch here, with Yu Darvish not pitching as well, Alex Wood's ERA has risen a bit, um, Rich Hill injury trouble. You're not really, you know, no one's really sure of what you're going to get out of him. I think that. The Diamondbacks hold an edge here, and that's that's a hot take. So obviously, you're going to have a problem with it. But I think I think the Diamondbacks could win the World Series. I think, I think that they think are massively underrated right now. And just because I, I regular season wins are important, don't get me wrong. So I'm coming from a fan of a team that hasn't won a playoff series since they moved to the city that I'm from. But I think that you can't when, once playoffs start. You know, all bets are off, and. With the way the Diamondbacks been playing right now, with how good their lineup's been, J.D. Martinez is the best hitter of the second mm. half. Um, Paul Goldschmidt massively underrated, as always. Overall, this is a team that, you know, nobody wants to run into the playoffs. And I think right now, uh, they are probably the hottest team that is playing, and I, I would want to avoid them at all costs. And I do not envy the Dodgers' position of having to face them in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean... The one advantage the Diamondbacks do have, which is you could also look at as a as a disadvantage, is getting to play in the wild card game. Sometimes gives a team fuel going into the DS. So you know they might have some fuel coming off a win against the Rockies in the NLDS, coming that series hot. Whereas the Dodgers kind of have to wait for the series to start. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that on that series. But. I think Dodgers in five. Um I think you just look at that rotation with Kershaw, Wood, Hill, and Darvish. Um it's unmatched. Yeah. Well you also forget that before last year the
0: this Dodgers team had never won a playoff series. They were struggling with that. And Kershaw has a resume of being poor in the playoffs, which Who you points was he was he was
1: he good against the nationals last year? He was good against last
0: nationals last year. He reversed so he's that figured trend. it out. But overall his career numbers are not good. So, you point to John Lester as having this playoff pedigree, well, it goes the other way for Clayton Kershaw, and until, you know, he had a good year last year, don't get me wrong, he was great in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean that he's off the hook just yet. He's had a big number of bad starts uh, throughout his career, and I need a little more from him to prove um, that he can be that ace all the
1: way through the end of the season. It'll definitely be a series, uh, that and the... The the whole national league um, we definitely disagreed on so uh, definitely going to be exciting. What do you think is going to be the more exciting uh, postseason race, the NL or the AL for the pennant? Ooh, that's tough because a lot of a lot of great <coughs> great teams in the American League, um, especially you know you look top to bottom. I think they're better better teams in the National League than in the American League. That's just my opinion. I don't think the Astros are as good as everyone thinks they are. Um, but I think the National League is is going to be very interesting because the Diamondbacks are, like like you said, a team that people are going to sleep on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win that series. I still have the Dodgers of five, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they're definitely a team that I could see uh, making making a run down the stretch, but the National League is definitely more intriguing than the American League. If you had to pick a sleeper team who you didn't pick
0: to win it all, who would it be? Ooh. Sleeper team to win it all That you did not pick So someone going against What you predicted If you had to pick
1: One of those teams Just to be the best Who would it be? You went against Astros I would have to go I think the Nationals I hate to say it Huge huge hater of the Nationals Can't stand to watch them win But It's been years Since they can win a series Have been able to win a series Uh, Again Don't get me wrong I have the Cubs in five Mm -hmm. Would never Put my name on A National Series win Um, but I would not be surprised. I mean, even let's say the Diamondbacks pull off an upset and take down the Dodgers in the other NLDS matchup. Then you have Nats, Diamondbacks, which honestly, I would take the Nats all day in that series. And then, you know, in the World Series, uh, let's say the Indians return back to the World Series. That's a very good matchup. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the bullpens definitely don't match up. Indians have a better bullpen. Uh, Nats have the second best, the best bullpen ERA in the National League in the second half. Very even, yeah. But the names aren't there. The playoff experience isn't there either. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no. I mean, I I think if there's any team that I wouldn't pick that could make a run, it would be the Nationals.
0: Yeah, I would have to go with the Red Sox. I think that while their lineup is, you know, a team that their, their lineup doesn't hit a lot of homers, like I said, they're good with the small ball mantra. I think that they have a rotation that's built. Rick Porcello obviously hasn't been the same this year, but he's had a good career. And I think, even when I said this before, even when he was on the Tigers, I thought he was pretty underrated mm-hmm. at the time. So I wouldn't sleep on him uh, to put together a few good starts. Overall, that team, its they impressed me. I think that you know, coming out of the American League East on top is no small feat um, with how good they've been this year. Uh, the Rays were in the conversation. The Orioles were in the conversation um, all year. And I think that, you know, coming out on top of that um, means almost as much as the, like the Astros running away with the division. They were obviously that, that big team in the American League in the first half, um, but they had a weak division. It's the yeah. same, like, with the Nationals. coming, The Dodgers coming out of the NL West on top impresses me a lot, too. And I think that um, it puts them into a different kind of category. Um, so if I had to pick a team I picked against, it would be the Red Sox.
1: Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll definitely be exciting. Uh, can't wait for next Tuesday. But before we even get to that point, there are a couple races that are, mm-hmm. uh, still have not come to a close. One is the Yankees-Red Sox. They're three games out. Uh, if the Red Sox lose out and the Yankees win out, um, I believe they will finish the season tied for the lead in AL East. So they would play a one-game playoff, which how great would that be, game 163, to decide who gets to play in the ALCS against the the Astros and the loser has to play the Twins. Uh, in the wild card game, so that's a cool race to follow. And another one is in the National League. The Rockies now have a 94% after the winning last night, and the Brewers, I believe, lost. They have a 94% chance of making the playoffs. Um, so, if I mean the Rockies have an epic collapse and lose the rest of their games, and the Brewers went out, the Brewers are in. So um, definitely. Like, we want to stamp these where they are right now, but there's a lot of movement that can happen in the next three or four days. Mm-hmm. Should be exciting. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. We'll be um, following along
0: everything. Uh, Kevin and I will be on the couch yep. uh, the entire week next week watching all these games. So, can't wait. Um, we also wanted to m- make an announcement. Um, Kevin mm-hmm. and I are going to be starting a website, uh, Pure Sports Network where we are going to have blogs for every single of the four major sports plus college football and college basketball with a flagship uh, podcast for each one. So Visitor's Bullpen is going to be the flagship MLB podcast for Pure Sports Network.
1: And we also have an NFL podcast called Goal to Go. I'm Mm -hmm. actually a co-host on that show with uh, Connor McCarthy. He's a brief staff writer. He's been on the show a couple times before too. Yep, and we're actually starting our first round of funding for Pure Sports Network. So if you look up Pure Sports Network on GoFundMe, uh, you can help to donate to the cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to uh, get this started, and we have a goal date <coughs> of January 1st, uh, 2018. So very exciting stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited that Pure St- Sports Network is going to take on Visitors Bullpen because I think this is a great show, and I think we can keep it alive. So yeah, definitely exciting.
0: We've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, we're looking forward to off-season coverage as well. We'll continue to have
1: podcasts throughout the off-season. Talking about you know off season storylines, trades. One of the best times of the year for podcasts, you know, talking, getting on, talking about free agent pickups, mm-hmm. um, some trades that will go down the off season. So. Lots of rumors. I'm, I'm excited. Yep, got to yes, address the rumors. We'll but. be uh,
0: going through Ken Rosenthal tweets a lot, so uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We're looking forward to this postseason round. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook, and we will see you next week. Yep. All right.